Today we're finishing our series on how you and I can be consistently happy. And in the last two weeks, we've seen that for most of us, our happiness is circumstantial. If life is good, we're good. If life is bad, we're mad. But this kind of circumstantial happiness, what it typically does is it puts you and me on an emotional roller coaster. This negatively affects our health, it negatively affects our finances, it often uh, affects our relationships, both with other people and with God himself. And none of us want to live this way. So in this series, we are showing you how you can get off the emotional roller coaster of circumstantial happiness. So what's the key to that? Well, Jesus taught that there is a way that you and I can live that we can be happy even when life isn't good. There is a way that we can thrive that has nothing to do with our circumstances. And Jesus taught that the key to this kind of happiness is a love relationship with God. Now, most of us have experienced the fact that when we're in love, really nothing else can touch us. It doesn't matter what happens, we can still be happy. And in the same way, Jesus said that when you and I are in love with God, we can be happy even when we're not. Jesus called us to this kind of intimate love relationship with God in the Sermon on the Mount. And he taught us that we can nurture our relationship with God through three spiritual acts of giving, prayer, and fasting. And Jesus taught that if you and I do these out of love for God, they will actually lead us toward and enhance our own happiness. Now, what we've seen so far in this series is that love gives, right? And if loving God is the key to our happiness, then giving is the key to your happiness. If you want to be happy, you have to become a giving person. We also saw in week two that prayer makes us happy because it gives God the chance to show us just how valuable we are to him. When in prayer we give up control of our lives to God, then he can show us just how much he loves us. So it's kind of easy to see how giving and prayer make us happy, but how, I mean, how in the world does fasting make us happy? Anyone who knows me knows that I love to eat. And uh, when we lived in East Africa, uh, we would often make trips, when we lived in the country of Kenya, we'd make trips out to Western Kenya where the Luo people lived. And on one particular trip, a friend and I once ate three full cooked meals, homemade meals, in Luo homes in the span of five hours. Now, I want you to imagine this Thursday on Thanksgiving, not eating one Thanksgiving meal, but eating three, starting at 12 and ending at five. That day in Western Kenya could have been an epic man versus food episode with Adam Richman. 
And you may be wondering why we did it. Well, culturally, it would have been offensive for us to have turned down any of those invitations. In fact, when later we did turn down the fourth invitation because we were, you know, nauseated, practically sick from overeating, the woman who had cooked for us was offended. Well, I love to eat. And most of us love to eat. And food makes us happy. But when we don't eat, it makes us hangry, right? Hangry is just the slang term for hypoglycemia, a condition in which our blood sugar dips below normal levels, resulting in symptoms like shakiness, nervousness, sweating, palpitations, clamminess, nausea, and headaches. Well, given the reality of hypoglycemia, how could fasting possibly make you and me happy? I mean, when Jesus said this, did he know that San Antonio would one day be the taco capital of Texas, not Austin? I mean, really, how can intentionally going without food make you happy? Well, most people assume that anyone who gives praise and fasts has some kind of insider deal with God. It's as if we've bribed God to love us in a way that he doesn't love others. But the gospel tells you and me that God loves the whole world. That's why he gave Jesus to die on a cross for us. He loved us even when we didn't love him. Therefore, giving prayer and fasting don't change God, they change us. These spiritual practices aren't for God, they're for us. They don't get God on our side. He's already on our side. They get us on his side. And Jesus said that that is the key to happiness. So how does fasting get us on God's side? Well, the religious leaders of Jesus' day all fasted. But I want you to listen to what Jesus said about their fasting. He said, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. The religious leaders of Jesus' day used fasting to draw attention to themselves. And Jesus said the attention they got was their reward. He also said that this was hypocritical because they used God to mask their love of themselves. Instead, Jesus said this, But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. Jesus said, when you fast, to simply go about your normal routine, even though you know that you're going to skip part of your routine that makes you the happiest, food. (laughs) Well, you know this isn't easy, right? But it nurtures a deep, intimate love relationship with God. A couple of years ago, I was fasting, and it was my third day 
which is the killer day when you start a fast. It's the day that you most want to quit and go back to eating. Well, unexpectedly, some uh, friends here at the office asked me to go to lunch with them. Well, I wanted to take Jesus' advice seriously, you know, of going about my regular routine, and so I agreed to go. Well, wouldn't you know it, they didn't go to some dump restaurant. They went to two-step to eat barbecue. So I tried to act like it didn't bother me sitting there drinking my glass of water while they ate beef ribs and macaroni and cheese. But I got to tell you, it was hard. Fasting isn't supposed to be easy. But isn't it true that doing things that aren't easy is one of the ways that we demonstrate our love for someone else? So how does fasting express our love for God? The New Testament teaches four ways that fasting can express love for God. And these are so significant that I want to spend the rest of our time together showing you these four ways. Because I believe that most of us want to love God more, and I'm certain that all of us want to be happier. So first, fasting expresses our love for God because through fasting, we seek his guidance. You know, we touched on the fact last week that many of us really like to play God by controlling our own lives and if necessary, controlling the lives of others around us. But have you ever noticed that this often gets us into situations where you and I don't know what to do. It's like we get in over our heads trying to be our own God. And so those are the times that we really wish that God would step in and guide us. Well, what if I told you that God often gives guidance in times of fasting? One example of this in the New Testament was about a guy named Cornelius. He was a high-ranking officer in the Roman army that was occupying Israel. And even though most Jewish people of his day would have considered him to be the enemy, he actually believed in the God of Israel and he wanted to follow him, but he didn't know how. And so through prayer and fasting, he uh, God guided him to invite the Apostle Peter to his home, who in turn told him about Jesus, and everyone in Cornelius' home that day believed in Jesus and began to follow him. Now, inviting someone to your house doesn't sound like a very big deal to you and me, but no one uh, invites their enemies to their house, and no one goes to the house of their enemy. But Cornelius was so desperate that in a time of fasting, God gave him this unique guidance that changed his life. When you need guidance, ask God for it. But ask with sincerity. Fasting is a way of showing that you are desperate for God's guidance, that you want it even more than you want food. So put that issue that is kind of gut-punching you before God and ask him to show you what to do. Hate your job? Fast and pray. Losing your marriage? Fast and pray. Kids making poor decisions? 
fast and pray. Spending out of control, fast and pray. Y'all, we have all tried living our lives our own way. And for most of us, it hasn't worked that well. If you want to fix it, fast and seek God's guidance. Because it'll make you happy even when you're not. But there's a second way that the New Testament uh, talks about fasting expressing our love for God. Fasting shows that we love God because it prepares us for significant transitions in life. Have you ever had the thought when you're beginning a new job or you're starting to date someone or you're getting married or maybe you're you know, enrolling in classes to get a degree? Have you ever had the thought, man, I sure hope this goes well? Well, sure, we've all said this. One of the reasons things often don't go well is that we make significant transitions in our lives without adequate preparation. We rush in without really thinking through what we're about to do. And so you marry someone that you're really not compatible with. You take a job for the money, not because you love the work. You buy a vehicle that you really can't afford, and then you carry the burden of debt for the next 72 months. You take a stand that alienates your child for the rest of your life. We've all rushed into decisions without preparation, and we regret it every time. What if fasting could ensure that you were prepared. You know, Jesus experienced this himself. At age 30, Jesus began his public ministry. And as he made this major life transition, he spent 40 days fasting in preparation. You see, Jesus' ministry was going to end in his death on a cross. And the eternal destiny of the world depended on his ability and willingness to finish what he was about to begin. Jesus isn't the Savior because he walked on water. And he isn't the Savior because he healed a bunch of people. Jesus is the Savior of the world because he died for our sins on the cross. But before he ever started, he had to make sure that he could finish. Fasting gave him the time he needed to fully prepare to go and begin the journey to the cross. Anyone can start something, right? But happy people finish what they start. They finish school, they finish their enlistment, they finish their marriage, they finish an important project. And one of the reasons that you may need to fast is to make sure that you are prepared to finish this very significant thing that you are getting ready to start in your life. Because finishing makes you happy, even when you aren't. A third reason the New Testament tells us to fast is because it expresses our love of God by physically worshiping him. You know, when most of us think about worshiping God, we think about things like singing, coming to a place like this, praying, listening to the scriptures, applying them to our lives, the kind of things that we do at City Church on a weekend. 
But just like setting aside time to attend services demonstrates our love for God, fasting is a way of saying to God, you are more important to me than anything else. I honor you by fasting because I love you more than food. That's a hard one. Because we really love food. Fasting is a way of worshiping God. And many of you know that when we worship God, it makes us happy. Even when we're not. Some of you got here today and you weren't happy. But when we got done worshiping God, you were. And fasting can do that very same thing for you. But fourthly, the New Testament teaches us that fasting expresses our love for God when we use it to turn from our sin. Have you noticed how we keep coming back around to this issue of sin? Last week in Jesus' prayer, the Lord's prayer, remember he said, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. City Church is a radically loving place. Most of you know that, and that is why many of you attend here. We don't judge you, meaning we are not trying to force you to be like us. We trust the Spirit of God to lead you to life change, and we're very patient about that because most of us know how long it has taken us to deal with the junk in our lives, and we know that we're not done. But we also know that nothing steals our happiness faster than sin. And here's why. Eternal life is the free gift of God to anyone who believes in Jesus and receives him as their savior. But an intimate love relationship with God, the kind that makes you happy, is not free. It is conditional. God is holy. That means that he does not sin. All of us understand that. But what you may not know is, is that God also, because he is holy, does not allow sin into his own presence. And so for you and me to be intimate with him, we can't harbor sin in our lives. But an intimate love relationship with God is what Jesus said actually is the key to being happy. And what that means is, is that ultimately there is no happiness without holiness. You can't get there. Fasting is a way of showing God that you are aware of your sin, that you mourn it, you're not happy about it, and that you are ready to turn from it. One of the reasons you may need to fast is to turn from your sin. You know, many of us want to do this, but when we try, we find that sin has a hold on us. Fasting can break that hold. And when it does, you can be happy even when you're not. And so this is what I want you to do. You already know, don't you? I want you to fast. 
Not for 40 days, the good news. Not for 40 days like Jesus. Just for one day. And I want to tell you how to do it. Now, first of all, if you have health issues or you're diabetic, do not do this without your doctor's permission. But for those of us who are healthy, there are five steps that I want you to take in fasting. First of all, choose the purpose you want to accomplish with your fast. Maybe you need guidance about a major decision that you're getting ready to make. Maybe you need to prepare well. You're at a significant life transition and you need to make sure before you start that transition in life that you can finish what you're starting. Maybe you know that you just need to worship God at a new level. You've been following him for some time and you love what we do on the weekends, but you need to go to a deeper level in your worship of God. Fasting is a way to do that. Or maybe you know that there is sin in your life that is stealing your happiness and you need to turn from it. Fasting can help you do that. You see, fasting with purpose will bring meaning to your fast and it will allow you to express your love for the Heavenly Father. Secondly, I want you to fast for a 24-hour period. It's going to be hard. Now, you can have water and juice, but you can't have any food, all right? No food. Thirdly, at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, three times in this 24-hour fast, I want you to read Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. This is the story of Jesus' fast and the temptation that followed it and what he did. The reason I want you to read that these three times is that I believe God will speak to you about what you need to do in your life regarding preparation, give you guidance regarding sin. All of that is included in this passage of Scripture. And so I think God will speak to you. And so I want you to read that. And then I want you, if, if, if he says something to you, just make a little note. Type it in on your phone. Make a note, however you do that. And then fifthly, after your fast, I want, uh, I'm sorry, fourthly, when you feel hungry, and you will, <laughs> sorry, it's not easy. Friends might even ask you to go to eat barbecue. When you feel hungry, pray. Pray about the reason you're fasting, right? If it's for guidance, ask him for what you need guidance for. If it's preparation for a transition, make sure that transition that you're getting ready to take is in his will. If it's to worship him, worship him during that time when you're hungry. If it's turning from your sin, he knows. Tell him you want to do that. You want to be done with it. And then fifthly, last of all, tell a trusted person what God has said to you after this fast and seek to obey what he actually says to you. So here's what I want us to do. I want you to stand with me right now. Just everybody go ahead and stand with me. Now, I do not assume that all of you are going to fast. Bad for you. Because this is a key to your own happiness. 
but I don't assume all of you are going to fast. But if you need to, one of these four reasons applies to you, then I want you right now to just raise your right hand with me, and I want us to make a vow before God. If you're not going to fast, don't raise your hand, okay? And don't be looking around to see who's raising their hand. This between you and God. But if you're willing to make this vow to fast for 24 hours one day this week, then I want you to make this vow to God by simply uttering this simple prayer as I pray for us. Lord, I'm going to fast this week because I need, and then you fill in the blank. I need to prepare. I need guidance. I need to worship you. I need to turn from sin. Lord, some of us do need guidance. We've made a mess of our lives and we don't know what to do. We don't know the way forward. We're not thriving. We're miserable. Lord, some of us are at significant life transitions. We're getting ready to take a huge step with huge implications and we haven't bothered to ask you about it. We don't even know if we can finish. We're not even sure what it'll take. And we need to find out. Lord, some of us just need to worship you more. And, and fasting gives us a physical way to actually do that. And Lord, I know that there are some, maybe many of us, who need to turn from sin in our lives. And we've tried before, maybe, and we've not been able to do it. And we're serious about that. We want to do it. We want to repent of it. And so we need to fast to do that. Lord, all of us know that there are reasons we need you more. There's reasons we need an intimate love relationship with you. But Lord, most of us have never considered that fasting was a means to getting there. And so Lord, with our hand raised, we commit to love you more for at least a 24-hour period this week by fasting. And we pray that you would help us do it. And we pray this together in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.